Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sire Says podcast. We're on episode, this is episode four now, I believe. Um, and I've got another guest. My guest today is a uh, Juventus fan, um, because Juventus is going to be at the center of our conversation today. It is Mr. Dan Iacono. Have I said that correctly? Yeah, that was, that was pretty good, actually. Yeah. How are you, my friend? I, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, football aside, obviously. Yeah, so Dan, uh, just to introduce Dan, because um, he is not featured on my gaming channel. Have you, I don't think you have, have you? Uh, no, no, no. I've, I've, you know, I've been a viewer, but I haven't yeah. participated. Yeah. So me and Dan are work colleagues. Um, same company, different teams, though. Um, and uh, we were meant to do this last week, but I had a bit of a flu, no, no COVID. Um, we we're both a bit ill, so we rescheduled, which is kind of works out better actually because um, we're going to be talking today about Juventus and where it's gone wrong basically and coincidentally um, I'm sure Dan might cringe when I say this but obviously this uh, recording comes a few days after Inter um, sealed the Scudetto Um, so I'm sure he's got some interesting um, thoughts but yeah we're going to uh, discuss where it's all gone wrong in Turin this season and I suppose the first place to start really is the manager, um, Andrea Pirlo, the, the Milan and Juventus legend, um, and Italian legend, of course. Um, kind of a surprising choice at the start of the season. Um, how much of the blame for, say, the failure of the season would you put down to him? Um, well, I I would, the majority, I would put the majority <laughs> of the blame on him. Um, and I mean, you know, just for... for context i i think the i think every juventus supporter might have a different answer to that um mm. i don't think any juventus supporter would say that pirlo doesn't deserve at least a, a part of the blame because i think really the manager of a team is you know he's the captain of the ship he's mm. he's the leader um and so when things go wrong fingers are pointed at the manager uh in this scenario um, it's kind of fitting and poetic in a way because uh, when we first started our streak of nine league titles in a row, mm. um, the first year we brought in many different faces, one of which was Pirlo on a free yeah. transfer from Milan. And so the streak began with Pirlo and it ended <laughs> with Pirlo in a different role. Um, mm. But, I mean, when we first... Because I, I think actually... The, the news that came out many months ago, mm-hmm. um, we sacked Sarri. And then news came out that Pirlo would be the under-23s coach. Yeah. And I was very on board with this because um, under-23s, obviously not as much pressure or responsibility as the first team. Great opportunity for young, budding managers to cut their teeth and get some experience. Uh, and then a few days after that, he was promoted to um, the first team manager. And... The thing is, when you have a team of directors and an owner yeah. that has won you nine league titles in a row, you'd be a little bit foolish to question them. Yeah. Uh, that's at least how I felt. So I was telling myself, you know, Agnelli knows best. Uh, since, since then, we've been through this whole cycle of the Super League and Agnelli has been at the, um, the center of this. So maybe he doesn't know best, but... yeah. Um, I, I mean, looking back at it now, it was like, you know, what the hell were you thinking? Um, mm. 
bringing someone in that was an incredible player, really one of the best Italian players ever, probably, and um, with zero managerial experience, has never managed at any level. Um, Getting him straight into the best team in Italy was bold, to say the least. Uh, Others might say downright stupid. And I think the proof is in the pudding now, you know, for games left to play at the time of recording this. And um, we're fighting for Champions League. Yeah. So I would definitely say it has backfired and um, he's to blame primarily. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I remember when it was, what was it, like August time, wasn't it? Yeah, he was under 23s and about two days later, he's first team manager. I mean, why do you think, because obviously before that, they can't, Juventus went for kind of more kind of established names, right? They had Conte, who had already kind of built a sort of managerial CV. Then you had, um, what's, that, what's his name again? Um, Allegri. I could think of his name, Allegri, thank you. Yeah, who was obviously done it at Milan and was probably one of the best managers in Europe at the time when he was at Juve. Um, and even when he went, they got sorry, someone who's got experience like Napoli and Chelsea. So why do you think that um, you, you guys decided to go for someone so unknown why do you think they kind of went did that whole th- the 360 it's kind of like a, a managerial novice i mean i w- i wish i knew i wish yeah. i knew the answer i have my theories um so i think over the over these past nine years we've seen juventus um as a as a club both on and off the pitch try and be trailblazers mm. and do things that no other club in the country is doing um namely we're still the only club in Italy to have a privately owned stadium mm-hmm. um, stadium that isn't shared with anyone else uh, where the revenue uh, can get to us a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, we had this whole revamp with our badge, very controversial at the time. Um, and it's, you know, these, these are things that we, I guess the, the leadership team is trying to use to bring the club forward into the mm. 21st century and, and beyond, you know, Sounds yeah. cliche to say. Um, so I think appointing Pirlo, a young manager with fresh, progressive ideas, was maybe part of that, you know, to be forward thinking and to look to a younger generation uh, of manager because there are a lot of discussions around the style and philosophy of Italian football, especially mm. in Europe when you compare it to the Spanish or the English game. It's almost a different kind of, well, it is a different kind of game entirely. Yeah. Um, and you also hear about players like um, that move from the Premier League or La Liga to Serie A, and they mm-hmm. say there's so much more emphasis on tactics. Yeah. Training. Ex- very heavy on tactics, on preparation, uh, on defence as well. Um, and I remember, uh, I, don't, I don't know how it works in England, but in, in Italy, to become a manager, you have to do all these courses. And then you have a thesis, like a written, as if you're at uni. Right. Um, a, a dissertation basically um and these this thesis is like anyone can you can google andrea pirlo thesis coverciano and you'll yeah. find his whole essay which is essentially the way they want to play football so it's mm-hmm. actually really interesting because allegri has it sarri has it you can just read them and pirlo's, pirlo's was exciting mm. um really exciting and so when i read that that's when i was a bit more optimistic because he was talking about a European uh, style of play rather than an, an Italian style of play. Yeah. So high pressing, um, attacking fullbacks. Um, it's kind of all or nothing. Really, um, 
there's a, a word in Italian that he uses, propositivo, which is kind of like you're going out there, you're being proactive and you're, you want the three points. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to his first league game against Sampdoria, which we won 3-0, And yeah. the result is kind of not a fair reflection of how we played because we were all over the place. We left so many gaps in defense. But basically, yeah. he tried to play that, that thesis that he outlined. And mm. then very quickly, I think he realized this is great on paper, but maybe not so much in practice. And we had to adapt um, to now the, this mishmash of a philosophy that I think is terrible. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean... This, I think, may have been behind the choice, but I, I think now they're going to see the error of their ways and maybe they'll learn now yeah. not to go for inexperienced managers. But you would have thought boards would already know that. You hire yeah. people with experience, especially at the highest level. Mm. You would think it goes without saying. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, would you say, um, this isn't coming for a few years, like in terms of the failings on the pitch, because like you said, You know, you've had, was it, nine straight titles. Now you might not even get Champions League this year. Might not. Um, out of the Champions League, didn't really do much in that competition, with all due respect. Could still win the cup. Um, but obviously, in the last nine years, you've dominated Italy. And the big one has probably been to win the Champions League, you know, over, what, two decades almost without it. Um, you know, experienced managers haven't delivered. Would, would you say where, where they've, gradually not performed over Europe, maybe this is less of a surprise that the fact that they have maybe taken the foot off the gas in Italy to maybe risk doing better on, on the European stage. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say they've taken the foot off the gas in Italy because mm. even, I mean, last year with Sarri at the end, uh, we won the league by one point. So it was by no mm. means an easy season uh, but we still won the league and we you know at the end of the year we were the best uh, team in Italy yeah so I feel like I mean now this season you could say we took our foot off the gas not mm. just in Italy but in general yeah um, but I mean absolutely there was um, I think after the first three or four seasons where we won the league mm. all of a sudden we were kind of looking at each other and thinking you know we clearly have the the Serie A on the lock what's the yeah. next big thing it's the Champions League um, and I think there was there were steps taken by the chairman and, and the board of directors to build a team worthy of winning the Champions League mm. and then um, you know when we had Allegri Allegri took us to two Champions League finals in, in three seasons yeah. which was incredible and um, you know Champions League finals on the night I think it can go either way. Mm. Um, we, I mean, we came up against brutally good Barcelona and Real Madrid teams and, you know, it went the way it went. Mm. Um, so absolutely. I mean, that was the reason we got in. Um, I mean, I'm thinking experienced players like uh, Patrice Evra, who, um, who's won the Champions League, obviously. We can't, um, I mean, these are players at the end of their careers yeah. but that bring the experience. Like the winning mentality. Exactly. Yeah. There's this whole school of thought that, you know, experience is needed to win titles. So Patrice Evra has been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Danny Alves as well from Barcelona. He came in for one season and that was this, one of the seasons we got to the final, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the big one, Ronaldo. Yeah. Ronaldo was supposed to bring us the Champions League or, you know, help us win the Champions League. 
And since then, I think we haven't even got to the semis or quarterfinals. So that's yeah. massively backfired. It was interesting said about Ronaldo because that was one of my questions that I wanted to discuss because this season in particular has been a lot of criticism on him, um, particularly when he's been in wars from free kicks. But not just that, but overall, he's been highly criticised as talks he might leave. But since he joined, and this is a controversial question, do you think that he's holding you back at all in terms of you know, the fact that, like you said, it hasn't really happened for you on the big stage. Do you think he's been a bit of a burden on the squad? Um, I think he sometimes complicates the way we play, mm. you know, because when you have a player like Ronaldo or Messi or one of these players, you need the play to go through them. Mm. Um, and, and you'll see it. I mean, you watch Juventus play, there'll be moments, there'll be counterattacks where, uh, you know, a player might have a great, scoring opportunity but they have Ronaldo screaming to them to their left like the best goal scorer of all time to their left and uh, they feel the pressure to pass and then you know whatever so I think sometimes he um, he causes problems but I don't think he causes more problems than he does uh, you know success because he scored an insane amount of goals yeah Um, I think he's currently our top scorer this year and then I remember reading a stat this season specifically. I think he's missed three games for Juventus this season. Mm. Uh, we didn't we didn't win any of them. Yeah. Um, now I know this season is, isn't a great you know case study because we've been a shit show, uh, <laughs> but it's telling in the games that he didn't yeah. play. Uh, we we didn't win. Um, but I don't know. I mean, this is obviously a hot debate, especially now with a lot of rumors about him potentially leaving at the end of the season. Mm. Um, I think if we don't get Champions League, I think he will leave. Yeah, for the good of his career and his legacy. Um, and I won't be too heartbroken if he does leave because, as I said, once he leaves, I think there's more of an equilibrium in yeah. the team now. There isn't that pressure to always pass to him. Uh, to always, I mean, another side of it is that um, um, I think because he's played under three managers now, Allegri, Sarri and Pirlo. Mm. And there was always, always uh, pressure to never substitute Ronaldo. You never substitute yeah. Um And sometimes for the good of the game, you just, you get the fresh legs in. Because it's not like we're lacking talent. No. You know, on the bench, we have Dybala. Sometimes we have uh, Morata. Other attacking players, Kulusevski, Chiesa. Mm. Able players on their day, especially in the last 20 minutes when you just need fresh legs to, to do something. Um, so yeah, he, sometimes he puts us into those difficult positions, but, um, I mean, he'll be missed. He's, he's been an incredible player and, um, mm. not to mention his effect off the field as well, right? Cause he's brought the goals. He's brought some incredible moments, um, in the Champions League, like the, um, the return leg against Atletico Madrid, uh, I think three years ago now mm-hmm. he scored a, he scored a hat trick and we needed three goals. It was incredible. I mean, watch the highlights. But um, you, could, you could literally track the increase in popularity on social media mm-hmm. on, of, of Juventus. Um, global appeal, global reach, um, just, just by his transfer alone. Mm. So that in itself was a, already a, a huge boost in popularity and revenue that um, I think we're still like riding off of. Yeah. Yeah, I think... He's not just a, a player, he's a brand. So yeah, mm. it definitely raised Juve's profile. 
since he's been there. But obviously on the pitch, you know, I, I mean, I would say he's been a success as well. I mean, this season he's what, 30, what, 36 now? And he's Serie A top scorer, which is just crazy. Um, but here's a good question for you. Um, kind of mixing Pirlo and Ronaldo together. Because, I mean, there has been some good elements of Pirlo's play. Like you said, there's some, you know, encouraging signs there. And as you said, they've got some very good young players. There's, I heard a rumour somewhere that they may go for um, Moise Keane. They might try and bring him back because they've got like a first option buyback and he's had a very good season at PSG. Um, I mean, first of all, I mean, there's two parts to this question, really. First part, are you hashtag PLO out? (laughs) Um, Although although I would never actually, you know, tweet or post anything with <laughs> people about. Um, I, I am. Yeah, I think mm. he should leave. I think he should be sacked um, for the good of all parties. I think Juventus would be better without him. Mm. Um, I think he should go to a smaller team and build up his reputation, maybe in Serie B, Serie C, because in those leagues you have um, uh, people like Nesta, like a, a great Milan defender that played with Pirlo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's currently managing in Serie B. Uh, I just think you need that experience. Even Frank Lampard before Chelsea yeah. uh, was, at, was at Derby. Um, it's, I, don't, I mean, we've seen it uh, unfold in front of our eyes that Pirlo was brought straight into the top level mm. and didn't work out. Um, so I think he needs to regroup and uh, kind of build his career back up. Yeah, I, I agree. I think when you're like a, a, a new manager like that, it's like you always said what Lampard does was, was very clever. Or Dunn, should I say, was very clever going to Derby, building his rep. But with him, he went to Chelsea too quickly, in my opinion. Like he should have stayed at Derby for a few years and mm-hmm. then gone to like Chelsea or wherever. A bit like what Gerard's doing now at Rangers. I mean, they're still a big club, but let's be honest, it's this Scottish Premier League, you know, no, with all due respect, it's a two-team league. So going there and kind of getting them where they are, he's obviously built his reputation. So when it inevitably happens that like he'll probably become Liverpool manager, um, he'll be more ready for it. Um, but let's just say, argument's sake, they don't sack him. Pirlo stays next season. Ronaldo leaves to Real Madrid or wh- wherever he goes. Um, and they do kind of build like a younger squad. Because like you said, there's some serious talent in that squad. Even if you get rid of CR7, you know, you, like you said, Dybala, the Swedish guy whose name I can't pronounce, potentially <laughs> Moise Keith if he comes back. Um you know, there's some solid players at like Chiesa. Um, do you think there's potential for him to build a potentially a strong young Juventus squad there for the future? Or do you think there's no hope if he stays, even if he has those players? I, I don't think there's hope. No. <laughs> I think this, I mean, I mean, you're talking about um, a young squad. Mm. Um, we, I mean, there's players, we have them all now, you know, they're young now. Um, I mean, you mentioned a lot of them. McKenney is another one. Um, Delict, obviously. Mm. You know, the squad was there. I think we had a squad worthy of winning the title. What mm. we didn't have was a manager yeah. worthy of winning the title. Um, and so, I mean, our last game when we played um, uh, when, Udinese, Sunday. Udinese. Udinese, Udinese, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It might be one of those games where if you watch the highlights, it doesn't really capture the essence of the game. But that was arguably one of the worst games of the season we've played. Yeah. Um, in terms of performance, it was unbelievable. Uh, if you want to waste 90 minutes, go and find that game and watch it. Um, 
but it would at least uh, give you an indication of how badly we played <clears> this season. Um, all that being said, we were saved by uh, Ronaldo Brace. It, we were losing 1-0. And in the end, right at the death, Ronaldo um, pegged us back uh, to 2-1. But they were saying that if, if Pirlo didn't win that game, that he would be sacked and the assistant mm. manager would take over for the rest of the season. And then um, there are very, very strong rumours that Allegri would, mm. uh, would return, which I'd be very much up for. Yeah. Um, the other two names were uh, Mourinho, who we've seen just today, has gone to Roma, which is a mm. very... Uh, interesting and fun prospect. I look forward to playing against Mourinho's Roma. That'd be year. very interesting. Um, and the other name was Zidane, because he obviously had an, uh, you know spent a chapter of his playing career at Juventus. Yeah. Um, but I think I don't know. You need specific circumstances at Madrid for him to leave Real mm. and then join Juventus. Uh, I'd be more than happy with a lady. He also seems like the most realistic prospect at this point as well. Yeah. I was gonna say, if there's no other managers that would you think would be a good fit um, or would you, would you if, if you could have Allegri back as soon as he'd be the man do you reckon I think Allegri would do fantastically well mm-hmm. I'm I'm still kind of sour that he was uh, that he left when he did because as I said uh, two finals uh, in, the, in the space of three years yeah. losing to very very good sides I think that's totally understandable and the season we, um, the season he was sacked, was the season that we got knocked out by Ajax. Mm-hmm. That that incredible Ajax team that then I really should have gone to the final if it weren't for a miracle by Lucas Moore. Yeah. Um, so I think he has the experience because he's won. I don't I don't even know how many titles he's won. Mm. Um, he's got the domestic experience, the Champions League experience, uh, and also just like man management, building a team. Nurturing mm. youngsters. Um, he was the one that I think built Dybala into one of the best players in Serie A. Mm. Um, and uh, he was really able to get the most out of certain players like Mandzukic. Mm. He, played this, he played Mandzukic, who I don't know how tall he is, but he, he has the build of a target man. Mm. Allegri would play him left wing, which is kind of like, you know, what the hell are you doing? But then yeah. you'd see how we play and actually it would make perfect, perfect sense. Yeah. I think as a, as a tactician, Allegri is, is really up there with the best. Yeah. Um, do you think that Allegri, like, because I think under Allegri, yeah, it was clear that, you know, I think Juventus were under something really strong, like you said, two finals in three years. But I think you, you guys were just unfortunate to be up against a really good Barca side and then a Real Madrid side that were just not going to lose the Champions League final at any cost at that point. Like they were just winning and winning and winning. Um. But, you know, he built, this, like you said, built a very strong squad, brought in Ronaldo. He had the players there. And it was clear that he, he, there was something really good happening. You know, he had a Dybala in great form. He just brought in Emre Chan. De Ligt was going to be coming in. Had he stayed on, do you reckon that it could have, that you could have maybe gone away in the Champions League? Because I think when they brought in Sarri, obviously he just won the Europa League. So I think they're, correct from wrong, and, or if you disagree, but I think the mentality there was Sarri's gone there and won a European Cup. Maybe not the bond they, you know, the Champions League, but he's still gone there and delivered domestic European success. If we bring him here, you know, a proven Italian manager, he can do that. Um, but should they have stuck with Allegri? Do you think if Allegri had stayed, that maybe you would have maybe gone away in the Champions League at some point? 
Um, so I think, you know, me from three or four years ago, whenever it was that, was, that we sacked Allegri, mm. may have said, you know, let's get rid of this guy, let's get someone else in. But me now, uh, looking back and seeing how, how poorly we, we played with Sarri, how terrible we are with Birlo, I would take mm. Allegri in a heartbeat, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because I think comparatively he would have done better than, than Sari and Pirlo yeah. in their respective seasons at, at Juventus. But um, I mean, it feel, now feels like a good time um, to mention that this one thing that has stuck with me when um, Sari left or was sacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his sort of final remarks before leaving was that this Juventus squad is unmanageable. Right. Um, as if to say that. I, I mean, I'm not sure you can interpret it in loads of different ways. I, I interpreted it as um, there are a lot of egos in the team. Yeah. And I think when you look through the, the names, you can kind of see, actually, yeah, that kind of makes sense. You can see who maybe has the big egos. But also maybe this arrogance or this unwillingness to, um, to, to play a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, I wouldn't want to be the one telling Ronaldo to track back or to, you know, to cover defensively or... Yeah. Or even like Dybala. Um, whereas if you look back in the first season with Conte, you'd have players, um, <clears throat> and again, this would be, this is a Conte quote, he, that he'd want players to spit blood for the yeah. team. He'd want players to, and I mean, he's, he's become notorious for his like preseason cardio training and his players are built like machines now. Mm-hmm. And you'd see the pitch because the players would track back the movement. They'd give 100% for the collective, for the team. And maybe you fast forward to the Juventus of now, you don't see that as much. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It hasn't... There's been a bit of sort of a slight weakness about Juventus, with all due respect, the last couple of years, especially this season. Um, and, that, and just going back to this season as well, it's, you know, like you said, it's been a pretty poor season. Obviously, you know, not going to... The league, the run of league titles is over. Um, you may not get top four. But you, ha- you can still win a trophy this season. Got the Coppa Italia final in about two weeks. If PLO wins that, if they end the season with a trophy and, say, Champions League qualification, would you, would you look at it and say, do you know what? It, it's not, it could be worse. We've won something. We're in the Champions League next year. We can build for next year. Would you say that's okay? Would you be okay with that as a, as a, as a first season? Or, or, or would you still want someone experienced? That's, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, and sometimes I, you know, I'm a bit spoil and, I, and I'll, I'll be complaining and then a friend of mine who supports you know i don't know arsenal will be like you know what are you talking about you're yeah you, <laughs> you have all these trophies you have all this stuff and you're complaining that you're you're getting that you've won the cup and we also yeah. won the super cup this year you did so people's already won a trophy mm. um i guess what i would say is that i don't know there's a part of me that almost wants us to really to, to maybe get fourth Right, so we get the Champions League, but it's like the the really just scraped in, because if because if we get second and we win the cup, mm. then all of a sudden the probability of Pirlo staying becomes higher, and I I don't I don't want that because yeah. I don't think, you know, although you have results on one side, you have the Super Cup, maybe we have the cup when we play Atalanta, and maybe we finish second. Mm. I mean, all those things would indicate a very good season to say yeah. the least, but. You look at the performances. Mm. You look at the the play. The play is non-existent. It's it's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, that isn't really 
quantifiable. You can't tangibly represent the quality of play. What you can represent is standings in the table, tro trophies and all that. But, I mean, you do a consensus of all of the Juventus fans. Do you like the way we play? Do you think we play well? Yes or no? Mm. I think the, the results would be, would be telling. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's not really... I mean, it's as you said, it's, it's, I think it's got to be a collective thing. And I think Arsenal kind of in the same position where they hired, uh, you know, an amateur, with all due respect to Arteta, did well, won a trophy... And then, obviously, this season, they're, like, mid-table. Um, and a lot of people said about him that, yeah, he's got potential. But, I mean, he's taken a team that were, like, 6th, 7th to battling for 10th with Leeds United and Aston Villa. So, I think with Pirlo, he's kind of in the same boat, really. Um, I, I feel sorry for him, in a way, because he's kind of been thrown into a quite impossible position. Um, and I think there's been some good things. I mean, there's been some good results, some impressive results. And then there's been some absolute shockers, like losing to Benevento and getting smashed by Florentina um, and getting knocked out by Porto in the Champions League. So I remember when you guys went to Barcelona, smashed them. I thought, OK, you know, they could be a slight dark horse. And then all of a sudden against Porto, um, it all goes wrong, really. Um, and it's quite interesting to hear from like a Juventus fan perspective, like how passionately you guys want him out. Um, that is... Very um, powerful. <laughs> um, yeah. Let me flip that last question for you. What, what, how, what would you say? So you win the cup, but you fail to get top four. What, what would I want him out? If would you want him out still? Scenario? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Even though you delivered a trophy. So what I was asking is, I'm, I was basically flipping the last question. So would you, how would you feel about winning the cup, so you end the season with a, a major trophy, but you finish outside the top four. So let's say fifth, for argument's sake, because I know it's very close up there at the moment for the battle for top four. Are you still PLO if that happens? I yes, <laughs> I, I am still PLO because I just think a team like Juventus mm. not playing Champions League is unforgivable. Yeah. <laughs> um, at this point in time, at yeah. this point in time. With the momentum of nine titles and the finances mm. that they must have accumulated from winning nine titles in a row, mm. not, not getting a Champions League is unthinkable. Um, and I don't think it would send a very good message to the supporters if they kept Pirlo on uh, mm. without having um, you know, gotten Champions League. Yeah. So you're not a fan of the idea of giving the young manager, you know, trying someone new, something different, and maybe him building his career. Because what I get the impression of from the outside is, do you remember when Barcelona first managed Pep? And it was like, you know, obviously he had a little bit more experience because he managed, I think it was the Barcelona youth team at the time. Um, but even then, like, he was chucked into the first team, you know, with the task of dethroning Real Madrid. And he did that and more. Do you reckon they looked at that project and thought, okay, if he can do that, why can't Pirlo do that kind of thing? Mm. Um. I mean, I, yeah, I see your point. I can't speak to the circumstances around that. I'm not sure how experienced Guardiola was before he had that role. And mm. I, don't, I also don't know how well Barcelona were doing. So if they were trying to dethrone Real Madrid, I think that's different. Because mm. we are, I mean, as I said, nine, nine years in a row. Can you imagine? Uh, I mean, we had the money to, to bring in 
Cristiano Ronaldo is probably one of the most expensive players on the planet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, football w- works in cycles and you kind of need to win big whilst you're going through a strong cycle. Mm-hmm. And right now, we are still in our cycle, I think. <clears throat> we might be declining now. In fact, we definitely are. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's why I think get, if we get Pidlo out, we bring in Allegri or whoever comes in, someone with experience. Because I think if we get Allegri in mm-hmm. over the summer, I would, I would put money on us to win the league. Even think, though Inter Inter won it this season, yeah. Allegri comes in. I, I I I think we would win. I think you would as well. I just think he's in terms of Italian football, he's just different class. I think. Um, and yeah, like we said before, like I think in, even on the European stage, it was clear that he was very close to taking you somewhere very special in that. Um, but obviously, he didn't get the opportunity to continue his work. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting to see. That Pirlo is not popular. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll stop talking about Andrea Pirlo. And one thing I want to ask you about is the transfer activity at Juventus in the last couple of years, particularly this year. I mean, what have you made of it? Because obviously, I think the last sort of 2018, 2019, there were a few interesting rivals. Like we said, Ronaldo. I think Emre Chan came in. I think there was a lot of hype around him. And I, I, as a local fan, I thought he would go there and do really well. Um, and that never really happened. They brought in Cancelo. That never really worked out. He ended up going to City. Um, the licks come in. Hasn't really happened. Um, so as a Juventus fan, what have you made of the players that you have spent money on, that you have bought in? like Players like Ramsey as well, and you know, how that's affected the performance on, performances on the pitch? Um, I think that's a great question, especially because uh, the, the transfers are one of the things that um, people have been identifying as a point of weakness. <clears throat> and um, you mentioned players that have have been flops. I mean, I, I hate to say that, but there's kind of no re- really no other word for it. Mm. Um, I mean, I might, I also question some of our decisions on the transfer market. Um, but I think, I mean, you never know what what's going on behind closed doors. You never know what the 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 motives behind certain moves. Uh, I mean, for instance, I was watching the um, Man United Roma game where Roma got schooled um and i was seeing pogba and um i mean i love pogba i still do um and i'm and i realized you know that he he obviously wanted to return to man u and play in the premier league but Mm. i i see him and i see him in the semi-finals of the europa league and i think he's he's a champions league level player obviously yeah um i would have loved if pogba stayed similarly uh moisa ken i have no idea why he was sold I, I was I was very upset by that because he was a young Italian talent mm. um, who in his uh, really his first season for Juventus played very well. He did. Um, and then the next thing you know, he was uh, he was sold. Mm. So I mean, I don't know. Uh, as you as you said, there was that clause in his in his as part of the deal that we had the first option buyback. So maybe it was kind of like a, a loan, but not a loan. Like we, we shipped him off to Everton and after PSG. Mm. And we we were always planning on on hitting that, you know, bring back clause or whatever it is. I don't know, but I mean, we could have done with him because we yeah. kind of, in terms of centre forwards, out and out centre forwards right now, we don't have that many. Mm. We Morata, Ronaldo, and Dybala, basically. Mm. And Dybala was was injured for half the season, 
So there was this kind of center forward crisis for a while. Mm. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there, there are many different cases. Aaron Ramsey, yeah. uh, flop, brought in on a free, ridiculous wages. Yeah. Barely plays. When he does, he's kind of middling. Sometimes he plays okay. Mm. Uh, even um, uh, Rabiot. Rabiot's been, he's been better. And actually his form with Juventus means now he's being called up for France as well. And mm-hmm. on his day, he can, he can be a good, uh, a good midfielder. I've seen a lot of reports actually linking him to the Premier League. And um, as a player, I think he would actually be he, what, quite well suited to the Prem. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, these, these are the less successful ones, let's say. Um, mm. But then, I mean, you have um, Delict, who is obviously phenomenal. I think one of the best young centre-backs in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do love this identity of Italians being like, you know, we love defense. We, we're all about defending. Yeah. So I think it's great for Juventus to go out and kind of buy the best young center back on the market. Mm. Um, and I, I fully, fully, fully hope that Delict stays with us for, for years and yeah. he becomes Juventus captain one day. And he easily could. I think he has all the um, faculties to do that. Um. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're going on a case-by-case basis here. I mean, most recently, this this past transfer window was actually quite good because if you look at the average ages of the players we sold, we got rid of um, Pjanic, Matuidi, Higuain, mm-hmm. all, all um, in their 30s. And then we brought in uh, players kind of 23 and under, Chiesa, McKenny, Kulusevski, um, even Arthur in that weird switch with Barcelona, I still don't understand why Barcelona were up for that deal, but whatever. Yeah. Overall, um, I think our transfer window hasn't been as good as it was in, in our first period of dominance of the mm. nine years. I think there have been some some duds, some some forgettable transfers. And that's why you see, I mean, you mentioned Cancelo. Mm. I think it's very telling, you know, when, you, when the, a team buys a player... And he only stays for a season because Cancelo was with us for one season mm. and then we swapped Man City with Danilo. Mm. So for, for, for a player, I, I think he, he left because we weren't that convinced defensively. He was very good going forwards. In fact, Cancelo could play yes. as a winger easily. But there were some question marks around his defending. And I think in, in, you know, in, a, in a league like Serie A, mm. your fullbacks need to defend. Yeah. Um, and that's why we got, I think, Danilo, who's maybe a, a bit more safe defensively and not as um you know kind of adventurous going forward yeah interesting i mean there's one player that i haven't really spoke about as a transfers and that is the legend the man the myth the legend gg buffon um he got let go end of 2018 went to psg um had that shocker against man united um he's what 40 42 now right 43 in his 40s yeah 42, yeah. 43, yeah. Something like that, isn't, it? isn't he? Yeah. Um, obviously came back, I think it was 2019, he came back. Um, when he has played, hasn't really been the same. I mean, what do you make of of that? What do you make of him leaving and then coming back? Because for me, it's a strange one because you've got a good young goalkeeper in Chesney. You've got a couple of other, you know, decent goalkeepers and yet they've decided to go for, um, you know, a legend, but a legend who, in, in my opinion, is, is past it. Oh, okay. I mean, 
I, I, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that part at the end to, to say he's passed it. Um, so yeah, for, I mean, first, I think very transparently, I think Buffon went to PSG in the hope of winning a Champions League. And mm-hmm. that's kind of been Buffon's thing. Yeah. Because he's won more or less everything. He's won the World Cup, uh, various titles in Italy, uh, League Cup, Super Cup. Uh, and I think the one he really still wants is the Champions League. Uh, he went to PSG. It didn't work out. He came back thinking maybe he could still win one with us. And I think in terms of ability, I would still... I mean, I'm clearly biased here. But uh, I would still... I still rate Buffon. I think mm. it's unbelievable uh, at his age to still be playing... Um, I mean, he that 3-0 you, you said at uh, Barcelona at the Camp Nou... Buffon played and he, mm. he kept a clean sheet against Messi and all those other guys. Um, so he can still operate at that level. He's obviously not as agile or as flexible. He may not, you know, dive mm. as high or as uh, far as he used to. But um, his experience, his positioning, communication, command of the area, it's, I think, still incredible. Um, but as I say, I'm incredibly biased. Yeah. Um, with Chesney, I mean, Chesney, I guess if you compare him to Buffon, he's young. Yeah. But um, Chesney, I think, is like 30 already. So he is he's right, already, yeah. he's entering that stage of his career now. I mean, goalkeepers yeah. always go on a little bit longer, but still. Mm. Um, only recently, actually, I, I've been hearing that because um, Donnarumma uh, from Milan mm-hmm. is, uh, I believe he's out of contract at the end of the season and has been strongly linked to Juventus. Um and then, you know, we would I'd offload Chesney to someone else and Donnarumma would become our number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I mean, there's also rumours about Buffon wanting to leave. You know, rumours are always rumours until something happens. But I think Buffon wants to leave because he w- just wants to have more appearances. Um, and there have been reports saying that he might go back to Parma, which is where he started his career, obviously. Or maybe just somewhere else in Serie A or abroad. I'm not sure. I think what he wants now is just consistency in games, really, because he still he he doesn't play every game for Juventus. No, um, just the odd one. Um, so yeah, I don't think we are, are. You know, the upper management has been fully satisfied with Chesney, so he he could be leaving soon as well. Mm. Interesting thoughts. Clearly, we uh, have some opposing views on Buffon's talents these days. I mean, he's, he's still a good goalkeeper, but I would trust him less than if we were having this conversation like 10 years ago. That's, that's all I'm going to say on the matter. Um, so, I mean, just to kind of summarise, um, how do you feel about Juve's future, say, next five years? Do you think it's, got, do you think it's going downhill? Do you think you're having like a sort of Man United after Fergie kind of era? Or is this just the one season blip get Pirlo out and it will all be okay so I think I could really see it being a one season blip um, but I think our our future you know our five to ten year future will be heavily influenced by the decisions we make in the next three or four months mm. i.e. Uh, managerial changes and uh, transfer window um, I think what has to be done 100% even if we win the cup in a week or two's time, even if we get second, I think Pirlo has to leave mm-hmm. because uh, fundamentally he isn't prepared. He isn't ready. 
and that is reflected in our performances. Um, if Allegri comes back, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, there isn't a massive uh, market for top-tier managers right now, but um, I think Allegri would, would just slip right back into place. And then obviously there's the transfers. If, um, if Ronaldo wants to leave, you know, it depends on Champions League, obviously. To be honest, as I said, I'd be okay if he left. Provided we, you know, all that money we spend on his wages and however much we can get for him uh, in terms of price tag, if that's reinvested in youth, I'd like I'd like to see youthful, uh, promising players. I know there are some other, some names. I mean, we spoke about Donnarumma, uh, mm -hmm. Moise Ken, uh, another guy is Locatelli, at Sassuolo, who is a kind of a young Italian midfielder. Mm -hmm. His name's been quite you know, strong, strongly mentioned in the newspapers. Um, so it's really those two things. And if we, if we nail those two things, managers and transfer women in the next three to four months, that puts us in a place where I think we'll win the league next season. I think the only real competitors will be Inter. Mm. Atalanta, Napoli, Lazio, um, Milan, all of these guys, I think, are good they're competitive but in terms of really taking us and pushing us to the wire mm. um, I don't think they'll do it I know this is ironic because you know we're currently fourth yes um, but you know with uh, I, I'm saying if, if we if we get Allegri in and we have the right transfer window interesting question just one you made me think of actually saying about Allegri obviously he'd be coming back after what two years away um, and we've seen before that sometimes a manager can come back having had great success in the past, comes back around two and it doesn't always go the way. I mean, just, I mean, just a result of my head, like Mourinho at Chelsea. I know he had a good sort of first, second season, but then that third season, you know, where if he'd probably stayed, they probably would have got relegated. Um, do you think, <laughs> do you think Allegri, um, if he did return, would be able to emulate the success that he had before? Or do you think he would face a much bigger challenge, especially if he comes in on the back of the season that you guys have had? Um, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you mentioned Mourinho, and another one uh, I was thinking of was Zidane, who obviously won those three Champions Leagues, mm. left, and then came back. Um, I think his time at Madrid is, you know, his second time at Madrid is better than Mourinho's second time at Chelsea, which is pretty disastrous. Mm. Um, I, I think Allegri would do well. Yeah. Um, because because he did so well the first time, because not that much time has passed, as you said, mm -hmm. two years. A lot of the a lot of the squad is actually, you know, uh, a lot of the defense. I mean, our defenders are ancient anyway. Chiellini, Bonucci. Um, you have you still have DiBala. Mm -hmm. um, I think some key members of the squad are still there, and Allegri will obviously know them inside out yeah. and how to best utilize them. Um, so actually, yeah, I mean, as I said, uh, if Allegri comes back, I would, I would put money on us winning the league next season. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. It'll be, like you said, it'll be a big few months. It'll be interesting to see what happens with PLO's replacement, assuming he is, he is sacked or if they choose to keep him on. Um, I think it will be a big kind of summer or even 18 months. Because um, like I said, if Pirlo was to stay, then it'd be interesting to see if this is just like a blip or if he can improve. Um, but we'll just have to see we'll just have to see um, there was one last Juventus-based question I wanted to ask you about it's not about this season in particular 
it's about a far more controversial topic, which we've all spoken, the whole world has spoken about, I think, in the last few weeks. And uh, your chairman, um, Ag Agnelli, if I said that correctly? Agnelli, yeah. He um, was one of the, uh, well, he was like the, I guess you could say the Ebony Moore to this project, uh, the European Super League. Um, from a Juventus fan's perspective, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you thought about this and your chairman's involvement in this uh, project. Yeah, I mean, we'd, I think we need a whole other episode to cover this. Um, <laughs> e even though, you know, now, however many days, weeks have passed since it's all unfolded, mm. uh, this, this melodrama. Um, so, you know, just to, to get it out of the way straight away, I'm obviously against the Super League for very obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, there hasn't been as much um, kind of... Uh, I mean, the, the, the Chelsea fans, all the other United fans mm. protesting their, their clubs for this, you didn't really get that in Italy. No. We had, we had maybe, uh, at Juventus at least, I saw a couple of banners outside mm. of the stadium saying, you know, don't sell our club or whatever. Nowhere near the same level. Uh, I don't know why this is, if, if there's a, if, you know, culturally there's a difference or the way we view our clubs, there's a difference. I'm not sure. Um, so I, I condemn the idea of a Super League. Mm. But I think I, I, the one thing that I found frustrating throughout this whole telenovela was that because you had you had the Super League on one side and then you had UEFA on the other, yeah. right? So you could either be part of the Super League or you'd be part of the Champions League. And the, the Super League was so bad and it was, so, it was received so badly that by contrast, the Champions League was like this glowing, heavenly tournament yeah. when actually it isn't. And that's what frustrated me because, uh, I mean, if you look at the proposed UEFA Champions League reforms that I think kick in in a, in a couple of years, yeah. There, there are elements to it that are very Super League-esque where, mm. say, uh, let's say Real Madrid finished 16th um, and, I don't know, Levante finished fourth by some miracle. I, th I, I think they, um, Real Madrid would still play in the Champions League, even though they finished uh, 16th, mid-table, wherever, because yeah, they, they're an established team. So I, I wish the level of outrage um, that the Super League was met by was repeated with, um, with UEFA. And this isn't just for the Champions League reforms. It's for numerous things. Mm. Um, I mean, as an Italian uh, watching Man United Roma the other day, Roma getting demolished, I'm tired of seeing Italian teams get obliterated by English teams. Um, and maybe this is just because, yeah, you know, there's clearly a gap in um, quality between the Premier League and Serie A, mm. but there's also a gap in money. Uh, yeah. And, but I mean, this this is the thing. Yes, I mean, this is a fact, right? There's a gap financially between Premier League and Serie A. But I, I think the important questions are why and how uh, how we can do anything about it, but also should we do anything about it? Mm. Because the money from the Premier League, I'm assuming, coming comes from. The, uh, you know, having the reputation of being a very attractive, watchable league, you get the TV revenue. The yeah. stadium attendances are way higher than Serie A. The um, tickets are probably higher than Serie A. 
So all these contributing factors that kind of say the English teams play really well because they have the money to sign the best players, but also they get all the money because they have the best players and they play really well. So it's kind of this cycle, right? What I'm basically getting at in a very convoluted way is that structures that allow rich teams to stay rich are already in place. This isn't a novel new idea that the Super League has introduced. These are already in place. That's why the main footballing nations, uh, France, Spain, Italy, Germany, and England, have been dominant since basically the beginning of the Champions League, you know, going back to last century. Yeah. These systems are already in place. So there was this element, there was this part of me that was like, the Super League is, is kind of interesting because if they wanted to base it off an NBA format where the NBA has 30 teams and no, no uh, relegation, nothing, mm. you have those 30 teams, but then in an effort to make those 30 teams, um, well, to never make any of those 30 teams kind of be head and shoulders um above the others they have this draft system yeah. where you know if, if we just do an example in europe let's say kevin de bruyne at the age of 18 um if they already knew he was going to be big there would mm. be a draft among all the teams of the ecl um, esl but the best draft i.e the best pick goes to the worst team mm. so say juventus comes last in the ecl technically the worst team right because they last. Yeah. They get given the first pick. So we get the best talent straight away. And that way, they try and make a parity between all the teams. I mean, I this this is one big rabbit hole. Um, and I, I think I've run amok with it. Um, bottom line being, ESL, obviously a bad idea. But mm. I wish steps were taken for um, European football, especially at the highest level in the top five nations, to be made just a little bit more egalitarian and... And what, I mean, for example, um, the Bundesliga 50 plus one model yeah. sounds fantastic. Fantastic. Um, similarly, I think a salary cap would be a great idea mm. uh, because I think that would greatly influence how players move from team to team. Um, because, I mean, you have that other element as well because people are saying, ah, but if, if the ECL exists, then those 12 teams will just always be richer. Mm. There's nothing stopping... Um, an incredibly wealthy oligarch or billionaire to, to buy any team, any League Two team, any uh, La Liga team. We've seen it with PSG, with Man City. Mm. There's nothing stopping that. Because then all of a sudden, overnight, you have uh, one League Two team is incredibly wealthy and they become the best team. Yeah. This can't be stopped. Um, how, how it can be curbed is with things like the 50 plus one, the, the salary cap, even, I mean, this, this uh, financial fair play. We've seen teams squeeze their way out, sleaze their way out of financial fair play rulings. Yeah. I mean, I remember there was that really funny Man City picture because they were in big trouble. And then there was that picture yeah. of like this team of lawyers that Man City could obviously afford just like marching towards the hearing. And obviously they got out of it because they have the money to get out of it, mm. which is, you know, sad in, in, in a way. But um, yeah, as you can tell, I'm... I got very invested and very emotional about this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting what you said there because you kind of asked the question I was going to ask, which was about the 50 plus one rule, like whether it should be something that's introduced kind of all over Europe, especially because I think in the Bundesliga, it's really good. Because, um, yeah, you see things like, you know, like players weren't consulted over this, managers weren't consulted 
fan fans weren't consulted over this. It was just this is happening. You're going to enjoy it. Shut up. Um, but what you said about the Champions League format, I think, is very interesting as well because I think it's been almost it's almost like the lesser of two evils because, as you said, you know, like Liverpool now, my team, we've won the Cup, European Cup six times this season. We're probably going to finish like sixth or seventh. But if the new format was in play now, we could finish seventh. We could finish below like Everton and West Ham and still qualify because we've won it six times. The, the current squad are essentially thriving off legends' achievements, which I completely disagree with. And I think the new Champions League format um, kind of holds the same sort of thing. And even in the actual format, it's like Juventus now um, because it's like a playoff system, right? So Juventus could say finish... They could say win, so it's 10 games, right? They could win, say, two games, lose eight games, 5-0, just for argument's sake, still get through to the playoffs and still win it. It's 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 a strange system. Um, and I just think, yeah, I just think it needs to be, there needs to be some control put into football. I think there needs to be some sort of, I like I think salary caps would be a great idea. I think it's getting out of control. Um, I, I think it's only a matter of time before we have the first million pound a week player. And it's just going to get ridiculous to be honest. Um, but yeah, craziness. It's absolutely craziness. And I think in terms of the European Super League, well, I think, like you said, it could genuinely be a whole other episode. Um, but I've already done a rant on that. I'm sure everyone's <laughs> sick of the European Super League. Um, so I'm not going to bang on about it anymore. But it's been interesting chat, mate. It's been interesting to hear your thoughts on Juve um, from a fan's perspective. Um, it's interesting to see that Pirlo is not very popular. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few months, really. Um, but I just want to thank you for appearing on the podcast, mate. It's been great having you. Oh, it's been it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for listening to me rant for however long it's been. No, it's been great. It's been great. I think it'll be interesting to maybe come back in like a year or two and see what happens and look back and we could do a little sequel to this, you know, see how uh, things have improved or, or got worse. Um, you know, if Juventus like 10th next season, we'll definitely have it under like Allegri or something. We'll definitely have a little talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to get me in and I'd have to say, you know, I was I was wrong. Um, if I mean, if I find the motivation to come on, obviously I could just be absolutely desperate. Uh, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, to come back on in a, in a year or two, see how things go. Definitely, definitely. I mean, before we do call it a day for the podcast, I do have two quick questions. Um, first of all, Mourinho to Roma. Um, I think that's a very interesting move. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think he'll be a success or, do, or is he done? Oh, I, I love it. I love Mourinho as, a, as, a, as an entertainer now in terms mm. of um, entertainment value. He's so good. Um, as I, honestly, I don't know anymore if he's a good manager. I think his, his stock has really gone down of late. Yeah. Um, I think Roma could be a good place for him because Tottenham was a, I mean, you know, Tottenham fans might get annoyed, but Tottenham was a step down really to what uh, Mourinho used to be, Mm. um, used to manage at. Roma, I think, is even more of a step down. And I think he just needs that opportunity to build something a little bit like what Ancelotti is doing now. He's made this Everton side quite competitive. Um, as a project, I don't think it's finished. I think he can still make them even better. Um, but I'm I'm seeing maybe a, a similar thing happening at um, Roma with Mourinho there. I think it's a, I mean, I, I know I just said his stock is is down, but 
nonetheless, the experience he has, I think it's a great move by Roma. I was kind of actually surprised they pulled that one off. But yeah. I mean, if, if you remember the last time he, he managed in uh, Italy, he won the treble with Inter. That not, was a great Inter team. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to say he's going to win the treble with Roma, but what I mean to say is he obviously knows the Italian game. Hmm. Um, he knows how to win in Italy. Uh, and I think Roma will be more competitive um, with him at the helm. Yeah, I think I think I agree. I think it's a very clever move on his part. Um, I think I would like to think he would get given time there because I think it's a very talented Roma side. I think that's very clear to see. Um, so it'll be interesting. But I think if he fails again, yeah, another big European giant, I, I think it might be time for him to accept that he may have to go to the MLS or Saudi Arabia or Qatar. Um, I think this is his last real big opportunity because Roma's a big club. I know they haven't won Serie A or many trophies recently, but they're still a big club. So we mentioned very interesting to see how he gets on there. Um, and my final question, um, how do you feel? This is a bit more of a personal question. How do you feel about Inter becoming champions? <laughs> um, I, so my kind of like gut reaction when it first happened was... Um, was not a good one because no. uh, I think it, it varies from Juventus fan to Juventus fan who your main rival is. Mm. Um, Milan, for instance, I have respect for Milan. If they won the title, I'd still be upset. But yeah. Milan, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just kind of like them more. I think over the years, I've liked their teams and their players, you know, when they, with Maldini and that whole era of um, when they were the, the best Italian side, even in Europe with, players like Pirlo, Sedov, Inzaghi, and so on. Yeah. Um, but Inter, for me, are just, they are my big rivals. They're the ones I hate. Yeah. The ones I love to play, the ones I love to be, the ones I hate to lose against. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it was, it was um, I mean, I, I commend them. I, pl- I applaud them, I think. And Conte really is a good manager mm. uh, when it comes to leagues. I think he's very good at winning leagues. Um, and it's no surprise. I mean, last season, they came second, I think. And as yeah. I said, they were one point behind us. So, Pirlo coming in and everything that happened at Juventus, they really jumped at the opportunity and they made the most of it. Um, mm-hmm. Lukaku and Martinez up front, I think, can become a very deadly um, strike force. They already are. Um, the only thing that pisses me off, actually, is that, and this is often what happens in Italy, yeah, you know, we'll get we'll get every so often Juventus will lose to Napoli or to whatever, and then when it comes to the Champions League games, Inter didn't make it out of their group. No, but I don't even think I don't think they even won a game this season. I think they only got that one point, didn't they? Or something yeah, like and that. that. That's what frustrates me. It's yeah. that because I have this um, national pride in in the Champions League. I mean, I was supporting Roma against United foolishly, obviously, because look how it turned out. But um, even even Inter, my worst rivals, yeah. if Inter play Madrid, I'll support Inter. Just for the good of the country, because then it elevates the whole country in terms of coefficients and even just as visibility. We're seen mm. as a stronger nation. But then, I mean, we, you, Inter won the title this season, didn't even make it out of the, the group stage. I mean, I can't remember the group off the top of my head, but it was like it Real, was Real Madrid. Madrid. Montreal-Gladbach. And, yep, and uh, I think, it, I want to say it was Shakhtar, Donetsk. I mean, I don't know. It's just yeah. annoying. I, I wish they would uh, they would match 
um, how competitive they were in Serie A with mm. the Champions League. But I mean, Conte's um, inability to perform in Europe is is kind of well documented, and um, I think really that's his biggest flaw yeah. of uh, of his managerial style. With with Juventus, he was not good. Um, mm. Chelsea, I, I'm I'm not as familiar, but I I mean they didn't really do anything in Europe whilst he was there, right? Not really. I think he was there two seasons. I think the first season is on the on the back end of the Mourinho disaster class in the same season Leicester won the league. So he came in there like no European football. Um, and sexy than they did, I think they got to the last 16 and got smashed by uh, Barcelona. Um, mm. So the one season he was there, he didn't really make any impact. And the teams they did, did beat, I think were like Carrier Bag and uh, <laughs> that's, the other, that's the other team called. I, I, can't remember, you know, I can't remember the other team they faced, but it was no one we've heard of, I don't think. Right. Okay. Well, so yeah, I mean, that's really the only thing I would have to say. It's annoyed me. Quick, would you rather? Right, because I know Torino are like Juventus City rivals, right? Would you rather Torino win the league? Right, they win every single game in the league, or Inter win it, but they win it like really tense against you guys by like one point. Ah, that's a good. Would you rather? Um, I think the Inter scenario would hurt Mm. because I mean, with like this year, I knew we had lost the season mm. yeah, weeks ago just because of the way things were playing out but to lose it on the last day and they, you know we were neck and neck and they beat us by one point on the yeah. last day of the season I'd say I think that would hurt a lot um, whereas Torino I mean I know we're, we're local rivals we're both in the same city but you know the the Juventus Torino rivalry it's like I guess you could compare it a little bit not not as much but you could compare it to the Liverpool Everton one yeah. in the sense that maybe one of the derbies Everton wins every now and again. But Everton mm. are never they're not gonna win the league anytime soon. No. Um so it's like, you know, it's it's a rivalry, but it's kind of like a cute rivalry because it's like, yeah, you know, we're we're often gonna beat you, but you're never ever gonna be actually better than us, are you? No. So is that fair to say that you would would you take the Inter losing to Inter or Torino win thirty eight out of thirty eight? So I uh, <laughs> I would take the Torino win just because I couldn't stomach losing to Inter that way. I also because it would just be crazy to see Torino win uh, <laughs> 38 out of 38 games. Awesome. Um, final question, I promise. Um, I, I, I had uh, our good mutual friend Marco on the last stream, a fellow Italian like yourself. Um, I asked him how Italy would do at the Euros. He reckons they might do all right, but they won't win it. So I'm going to throw the same question your way. Um, how do you think Italy will get on in the Euros in the summer? I was, I was wondering if you were going to ask me this. Um, Best or last? <laughs> so um, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic than Marco. Um, I think we are in a great space at the moment, the, the national team. Um, off the back of that absolute calamity where we didn't qualify for the World Cup, mm. which, which really I think was kind of necessary because it was kind of like a slap in the face and caused us to regroup. Yeah. We bring in maybe one of the best. I mean, we there are many good Italian managers in rotation, but I think Mancini is really good. And what he's done with the national side is really impressive. And he's turned yeah. us, he's turned it around, basically. Now, now all of a sudden we play well. Um, we have a good crop of players, not too reliant on older generations as past Italy squads uh, have been. Um, so I think we can, we can really be competitive. Um, and the thing with 
with with these tournaments is that you just you don't know how they'll go. No. Um, if 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 you get the momentum and um, things go right for you, you get that little bit of luck. I think Italy could go deep if we're if we're on a day and things go our way. I know it's mm. silly to say, but I think we could um, we could go deep. I'm not you know I'm not going to say we're not going to win it because we absolutely can. You never mm. know. Um, it's just I think the biggest threat for me is um, sorry. Sure. The the biggest threat for me is um, France, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I think I I think Italy can go very far. I think it's quite open tournament. For for me personally, there's three standout teams. Um, I'd put France in there, but I feel like with France, from what I've seen of them, I think defensively they're not the greatest team. Right? They they do make mistakes. They do concede goals, but they're so good going forward. I think that kind of kind of balances it out. Um, I think you've got to look at the Belgians. Um, I mean, the squad depth they have is just frankly ridiculous. And then I think the holders, Portugal. Um, again, squad depth is just absolute madness. But I think, you know, there's teams like Netherlands, I think England. I don't think England will win it personally, but, you know, Italy, I think, are very strong. Um, even Spain are decent. You know, you can't rule out the Germans. So, yeah, it's a very open tournament. So it'll be interesting to see how Italy get on, how England get on. We might even meet, you never know. Um, we will find out. Um, but that is it, really. Um, thank you very much, Dan, for appearing uh, as my second ever guest. It's, it's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Rob. Thank you very much, mate. Um, and thank you to all the listeners. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, let us know uh, what you think, um, what you guys think of uh, Juventus's season. And if you are a Juventus fan or an Italian football fan at all, are you hashtag Pirlo out or, or are you Pirlo in? Um, I think Dan's made his uh, thoughts very clear. But that is it from us. So thank you for listening. Uh, do follow on Spotify if you haven't already. And I, we will both speak to you all very soon. Have a good one, lads and ladies. <laughs>